Welcome to Poke Pals, a special maybe one-off podcast uh, from COTR Presents where we are just going to rank our top Pokemon. I'm your host Bartley. With me today are secondhand Took slash Mark and Duran's father slash Dan. So this episode pretty much just going to be we're going to rank our top five Pokemon. We have a quick bonus question. That's the episode. That's really it. Um, so nothing too hot or special. But before that, let's hear a little bit about our history with the series, uh, kind of like our background with it, what we like, yada, yada, yada. And we'll start with Dan here. Why don't you go? Yeah, sure. Hi. Um, um, my history with the series began back in elementary school. Um, like we st- collected, uh, we collected the TCG cards and we watched the anime and such. And we were, I was pretty, uh, pretty invested back then. Uh, after elementary school, uh, I dropped the series a little bit. I sold most of my cards and I skipped a few generations. But once Pokemon Go reignited the, uh, the interest in the series, from me and many of my friends, I started to take notice more of all the all the new Pokemon that were added. Uh, but I didn't play any of the games until my uh, my Switch arrived, really. So that was back in 2019. Um, I played Pokemon Let's Go on there. I played uh, Pokemon Shield and Pokemon Legends Arceus this year. Um, and I also dabbled a little bit with the, the smaller titles like Pokemon Unite. Um, so there might be a gap in knowledge on my end for generations like 5 to 7, I think. Those won't be my strongest suit. Like I can recognize what is a Pokemon and, and what is like a, a, a fake mon, but don't, don't expect me to know everyone's name or type or who belongs to whom especially the npcs i have no idea who it is but like the older generations and especially now gen 4 now that it has received some new games i'm pretty well familiar with those yeah it's tough if you take like a break to know like all these new pokemon it's like 50 new ones and you're like i don't know what any of these do i don't know any of their types and like, I don't know how they evolve. So, yeah, I do have, uh, I'm kind of similar, but I'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with the series? Yeah, uh, I probably have a very similar, uh, I don't know, I, we, I feel like we all might have at least a similar, like, kind of timeline. Uh, I also got into uh, Pokemon in elementary school. I remember, I think I had Pokemon Blue and had it for, uh, I think I might have had an original Game Boy at the time. I don't think I even had a Game Boy Color. And I do distinctly remember uh, my mother at one point saying, uh, this is a phase, you're probably just going to grow out of it. And I was just talking to my wife about that. You know, jokes on her. I had a, you know, we have a Pokemon chat scheduled in the middle of a Saturday. So clearly that never happened. I never grew out of it. <laughs> um, but I did have, though, around high school, you know, when, when it was like kind of not cool, uh, to be into stuff like Pokemon, you know, I certainly kind of, I don't know if I fell off, but I was certainly a little more quiet about it. Uh, and then it wasn't until college that I kind of jumped back in. So I think all the way through Gen 3, I was pretty into it. And then I know in college when I got back into it, it was more of just what I had already played. So I would download emulators and play 
Pokemon Red, or I'd go back to my house and pick up like my copy of Pokemon Silver. But uh, when Pokemon Black and White came out, some of us actually went and picked it up. And that was actually, regardless of what people, you know, their opinions on that game are, uh, that was like a fun micro setting, if you will, of all of us kind of reliving those moments because we all bought the game and we all didn't know any of these Pokemon. And, you know, you're in college, you have plenty of free time in between classes. So we would trade, we would like try to get to the Elite Four in time so we could battle. It was kind of like a fun little reminiscent uh, time period of, you know, playing on the playground, that kind of thing. Uh, and then I was kind of in and out of it up until, uh, similar to Don, kind of like um, the uh, Switch era when I also de- I also bought Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Uh, me and my wife played that, and that was really fun, kind of going back through that. And then uh, been pretty much with it ever since. Played a lot of Sword and Shield. Uh, also played a lot of Pokemon Go. I think that was probably like one of the most magical years in the human uh, race 2016 where everyone seemed to be on board that this was awesome <laughs> I think we almost hit world peace it felt it like downhill from there. yeah Amer- um, Americans might have actually been in shape <laughs> yeah little did we know what was gonna what the world was gonna be like six years from there but um uh what was I gonna say oh and then when the pandemic happened kind of a little bit before then uh but certainly right when the pandemic happened I did uh I felt the need to go back and kind of like reacquire uh, or actually acquire, you know, new games in my collection. Like I never played Fire Red and Leaf Green, so I went out and tried to buy some of the games, which that has been a bit of a challenge because like everything Pokemon related, especially the nostalgic stuff uh, on top of what the pandemic has caused. It's very crazy and very pricey, but it has been fun kind of going back and slowly uh, filling in the gaps uh, in my collection. Uh, so that's kind of been what I've been doing right now, and I'm looking forward to uh, the next game. I'm really looking forward to uh, Violet and Scarlet. Yeah, those look really cool. Um, we talk, I think Dan mentioned Arceus a little bit, and that was a f- pretty fun game, and I'm looking forward to this kind of improvement, hopefully. Yeah, I was surprised that they announced it this year already, that it was going to be the holiday title. But looking back, I I think it checks out every a new generation every three four years. Yeah, I mean I I hate to rag on uh, the company a little bit, but it's not like they poured the most resources into like making the games are pretty ugly. So they use a lot reuse a lot of the same assets, which is fine. Like there's a thousand Pokemon, it seems like reuse the animations and stuff. But the, I mean the worlds and stuff, they don't put mm-hmm. a lot of effort in. So. Oh, uh, that's true. Although they are pumping out a lot of games. Like I was watching uh, a recent Pokemon Direct, and then you you think they just have like the main titles and maybe uh, spin-off games like Arceus, but uh, they also have like a ton of mobile games. They had those Diamond and Pearl remakes recently, and they have a lot going on. So I. And imagine they are cutting corners somewhere, but I would just like them not to and just take another year to develop, put more development time into Gen 9 and just make that a smash hit. Definitely agreed. Um, but I guess I should also get into my history here so we can kind of get going. Uh, a little similar to Mark, I started with um, Baloo. I distinctly remember going and buying that from the, the store. Um, and then that was it was pretty big at the time because uh, I was like right around the Target demo. Actually, my first introduction to it, I think, was the TV show because my mom was like, oh, I heard there's this new TV show that's going to be on for kids in the morning. But I, I'm not really a morning person, let's be real. 
And so I wasn't really into it, but also I was, it was the morning. So maybe I just was not in the right mood. So I kind of at first wasn't interested because I was like the first episode of the show. And I did re- rewatch it like a year or two ago. It's, it's, it's okay for first episode, um, but it's not like really too gripping to me even now. Um, so I kind of first didn't get into it. And then my friends got into the, one of my friends got into the game. And so then I bought the game and I, and I really, really liked it. I ended up, uh, Mark, I don't know if Dan's going to have this. Do you remember the scholastic book fairs and stuff like that? Or the, yep. the flyers that they used to send? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember I got a bunch of like Pokemon novels from that, which were basically just rehashing the show. Now that I think about it, um, I don't have them anymore, so I couldn't tell you exactly what happened, but, um, I never got into the card game, and the reason why I didn't, my cousins were really big into collecting the, um, I think the top deck ones, which weren't for playing the game, they were just like collectible ones, but I had one of those weird churches that were like, Pokemon is like devil worship stuff, and so my parents were like, okay, you can keep all the stuff you have, but we're not going to get new stuff, we just don't want to get into trouble, so I fell off for a long time because... Uh, until that pastor left, it was kind of like faux pas to be into it. Um, so even though there were people who liked it, it wasn't really an environment that nurtured it, really. In fact, it was the opposite. And then, I, so I, I did play those a lot, and I actually, in blue, I was able to complete the Pokédex because I had um, a Game Boy Pocket was my original one, and then I got a Game Boy Color, So then I, and I had red at some point, I bought that, so I was able to complete it. That was really cool. And I didn't play for a long time until I was in eighth grade. And this is going to be a wild story for people. Um, we were on a trip to D.C., and we were on the bus, and I had brought my Game Boy um, Advance. I think I had an SP at that time. And we were just I was listening to music or talking to one of my friends or whatever. And another one of my friends, he's sitting at the window, and he um, grabs something, and he says, Hey, is this yours? And I'm like... Uh, no, I, I don't know that, that that's not mine. And it was a copy of uh, Ruby. And he had found it like stuck between like the wall and the seat. And um, so obviously somebody had lost it previously and it was just there. Uh-huh. Uh, and so uh, my friend did not have Game Boy. And so I was like, the deal was, okay, um, for the rest of the trip, you can have the Game Boy and you can play the game. But then when the trip is over, I get... I get the game and I keep it because like he's not going to keep it like it was going to do with it the stare at the cartridge. So that was when I got back into the game a little bit was I got that's a really good deal. I was like kid is in eighth grade. That's like a $30 like free thing we found. So that was crazy yeah. to think about. Um, and if that had not happened, I don't know what would have happened with Pokemon and me. But because uh, then I kind of waned, waxed and waned over the years. I um, uh, I got Y on DS. Or no, 3DS. Actually, I skipped, totally skipped DS. Because I was curious. I just had not been in the series for so long. And I was like, huh, I wonder what this is like now. Because um, I listened to uh, Retronauts Gaming Podcast. And they would occasionally talk about old Pokemon and that stuff. And I was like, ah, I haven't played this in so long. I want to try it. And I played that. Did not understand anything going on in the game. Because as Dan mentioned, if you skip generations... You have no idea what any of these mechanics are. You have no idea what these Pokemon are. No, no idea what's going on in the game. Like I didn't know what shiny Pokemon were because I hadn't played Silver. I had no idea what uh, 
IVs, EVs, all this stuff work, because those weren't in the original games. I had no clue what's going on in any of the games, so I, I was not good at it in hindsight, even though I was older. I just, there were so many systems I didn't get. Then I tried... Um, I still don't understand EVs and IVs, so there's no shame in that. <laughs> yeah, like the nature of stuff, that's all like competitive stuff, and I'm really... I'm a, I'm a collector more than a competitive person. I just like trying to fill up the decks and stuff and collecting them, so I don't really care so much about those unless it's really obvious. Like, I would prefer to have Intimidate over Rivalry on like a Luxray because it's more consistent and it's easy to understand what those do. Um, but yeah, then I did the Alola one. That was Sun and Moon. I did enjoy that. Um, that was kind of neat. And it fixed some of the problems that I really didn't like with um, the HMs and TMs. And then, yeah, like, like these guys, Go was a big one for me to kind of get back into it. And then I, I got the Switch, and then I um, I went nutso on Sword and Shield. My Shield... Yeah, you did. <laughs> my, yeah, my Shield hours on my Switch, I think, are over 600 hours. Um, wow. And then I have over 100 on Sword, because... Um, these ones introduce this raid mechanic where you like go into these little like um, nests and a Pokemon spawns, but you can easily catch shiny Pokemon in that if you just like refresh the feed and see who's um, launching them because there's like these certain ones. So yeah, I was able to get probably like 150 shiny Pokemon through just playing that over and over and over again. So um, that was kind of it. And then yeah, still still like it. Got uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes. Uh, we were just talking before this. I was able to complete the decks in Arceus because that's a new style of playing the game that I find really fun. Um, and that was kind of that's kind of how I got here. Uh, so um, I guess I don't have anything else to add. Do you guys have anything that you wanted to add on here before we move on to our lists? No. Uh- I would agree with you that filling the decks uh, in the style of Arceus is a lot more fun. Like you get to experience those Pokemon in in their quote unquote natural habitats and at full scale. It's also m- more fun to hunt for shinies that way. I think it's better than resetting a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a it's a lot uh, more fun to just play in general. Like. Uh, just roaming in the world is is interesting and fun because the Pokemon are running around. It's you can just throw balls at them as you're running by them. Luxray Luxray is attacking you constantly, and you're getting annoyed. But <laughs> um, yeah, a lot more fun. I think to just kind of oh, it's easier to lose like thirty minutes to an hour playing that game than it is in the other ones because it's just for sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's a better type of roaming. It's an open world, sort of open world game, so it's just... It's a more modern version of the genre. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, since we kind of have nothing further to add, we're going to move on to our top fives here. We're going to do it like we do the uh, COTR uh, card ones, where we're going to start at the bottom, go to the top. Um, I did make a couple of uh, sort of rules for this. We went for no shinies, so I, I said this, and I guess I didn't explain what they are, people don't know. They're like alternate versions of a Pokemon in terms of its color palette usually. So instead of being like blue, it's purple. And they're really rare. They're like incredibly hard to find. Um, So we're not going to do any shinies today. And then we're going to do any sort of regional variant. So um, these games, they're all set in like different countries, continents, I guess you could say. And sometimes they they look different. So I guess think of like in real life, 
the European Badger versus the American Badger. You know, the European Badger is inviting you over for tea. The American Badger just got off a coke binge and you bumped him on the street at night and he's going to kill you. So um, that's kind of what it's like a little bit in these um, regional variants. So we did allow those um, for this. Otherwise, it was any criteria you wanted, any way you could rank them, whether, you know, you have good memories of them, you like their art, good skills, blah, 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 blah. I left it open to anything. It's just our personal top fives here. So let's go ahead and get started with that. We'll start with uh, Duren's father. What is your number five? Look, uh, let's start off immediately with one of those regional variants. So in the recent Legends Arceus game, a few Pokemon got uh, regional variants, like their uh, ancient ancestors of current Pokemon. Um, and the one on my list is the Hisuian form of Growlithe. So Growlithe is a Gen 1 Pokemon, a pure fire type. And the base form is fine. I mean, it's a pretty well-liked Pokemon. But when they announced the Hisuian form, it my heart just melted. It's so fluffy. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he's basically like this like little dog. And the, the number five, I thought about putting this one on my list too. And then I saw you had it, so so I didn't. Because I just would want to lay on this Pokemon. It just looks like, yeah, it looks so soft. It's like got these giant fluffy like eyebrows, man. Oh, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun one. And I also like that, like, uh, chapter three of that game or the third region uh, has a storyline revolving around Hisuian uh, Growlithe. And you get to fight uh, the influence versions, uh, Arcanine. And he's even more fluffy, but he's less cute in my eyes. <laughs> yes, so, he's a little bit more fierce, yeah. Yeah, but. so that's why I put it on my list. Pure for aesthetics, I mean, if you bring this competitively, it won't stand up to bubble, probably, because it's four times weak. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta go with your heart, though, right? This Pokemon yeah. looks like everybody, if you were like, what, could you own this Pokemon in real life, people would be like, yes. <laughs> yeah i mean he's a mix of like a baby unicorn and a puppy what's not to love exactly uh, mark why don't you tell us your number five yeah um so my number five is so for literally most of my life i have pronounced it melodic but i know some people say milotic i don't know which one uh is the correct pronunciation. But either way, I'm going to say melodic because that's what I grew up with. I put melodic as my number five. Um, it's kind of been up there with me for various reasons, like over the years. So when it, when it was first introduced, I really loved how you caught its pre-evolution Phoebus when, you know, the internet wasn't very uh, prominent at the time. And I think if I remember this correctly, Phoebus was only catchable in like two or three t- tiles, like one square tiles in a certain river on a certain route in the third generation games and so if you didn't have a friend who knew about this or didn't have a strategy guide it was kind of one of those pokemon that while it wasn't legendary it still had that mystique of like oh how'd you catch it this that and the other and then on top of that i think you had to jump through hoops through the beauty contest or something um to get the phoebus quote-unquote beautiful enough um to evolve into melodic (laughs) so uh and then I, I will say, as I got older too, and I think you know my my what Pokemon I have found uh, 
interesting has like grown up as I have grown up and as I, as I think how the world has treated masculinity, uh, you know, like it's kind of okay to like the quote unquote pretty Pokemon. And I think Melodic was one of the first ones where I was like, no, I, I do like this. Like, you know, Charizard is cool, but this is also really cool as well. So it was probably one of the first Pokemon that really um, opened up the door for me liking more cute Pokemon when I was very much a stereotypical, you know, give me all the spikes, give me all the Charizard <laughs> and lightning bolts. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I remember my logic because I was playing, I believe I had my version of Diamond on the DS. And um, I was busy completing the Pokedex there and I had almost everything. And then I thought, okay, fine, time to face the champion. And then I went up against Cynthia and she had a Milotic and I was like, what the hell is this? How do I face this? Because, again, I didn't have the internet, so I didn't know uh, what moves it had, what type it was. So I just threw everything against it and it wasn't her Garchomp that killed me, it was her Milotic. And it can be a very scary one. But, yeah, I think it's like uh, a tank too. Like, I think like gameplay wise, it's meant to be like a tank, and you wouldn't think like a slender, pretty Pokemon is going to yeah. take it. <laughs> no, exactly. I also quite like the design and uh, like how it mimics the the weak fish turning into a a, a monster, like the uh, Magikarp Gyarados line. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I meant to put that. I like the 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 twist on the Magikarp Gyarados line. I I will. Add not to keep harping on Milotic. For those who played new Pokemon Snap, there is a really cool segment with uh, Milotic, and that was really uh, a, a really sweet section of the game. So I just want to throw that out. Yeah, I think the first time I ever saw this was uh, in probably Sword and Shield, because in the wild area, there's that one little like inner lake thing. And I saw one swimming around. I was like, what the heck is this thing? <laughs> I've like, never seen it before. So... Yeah, very cool design. Like, uh, obviously, probably influenced by, you know, the old tales of like sea monsters and serpents and stuff. But um, yeah, then I had no. Again, I also had no clue about evolving those. And same with like Magikarp and Gyarados. Like, I had no idea because I don't know if the game. Okay, I was like seven at the time, so even if the game told me it would do it, like I like I understood what it was telling me, you know, with that one. So um, I do have a question. Because, Mark, you just brought this up. Do you guys remember any sort of, like, what I guess I'd call playground rumors of, like, how to, like, do things and that that were either right or wrong? Because I remember my friend trying to tell me about getting Mew, and it was all about this SSN, and he told me this weird one of, like, finding these, these like, dead bodies or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember it very well, but... No, I, I usually was the one spreading rumors. And sometimes <laughs> actually came true. So I rumored for a long time that there was like an evolution of Steelix uh, where he grew crystals and everything and he became like, I, I'm blanking on the name, but there was a third evolution and you had to do uh, jump through various hoops to get it. And then later on we got the mega evolution and we got the crystals and I'm like, yeah, I'm right. Ten years later, but <laughs> I'm right. No, I, I got into a, a bit of a tr- bit of trouble uh, then. <laughs> that's how all these started though because it's like someone was obviously full of it with like you know the you know the peak of blue you know I, I if you look up any of like the original rumors those were the ones i was definitely um uh <laughs> fell victim to I, I think there was one where um 
they, they they called them Poke Gods, but I think it was also just probably like people referencing leaked material from the second gen games. But what I what you had to do was like get the super rod in Kanto and like fish a hundred times or something and not catch it was all these hoops and then obviously nothing ever happened. Uh and I do remember Bill's house, like the the quote unquote like Bill's garden behind 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 his house where supposedly you could catch all the starters. I, I do remember that one. And it was just because the game was coded weird, and it looks like there's a path back there, but there really isn't. <laughs> I do remember hearing that one, too, yeah. I mean, as a kid, there's just... And the game is, like, doesn't tell you a whole lot of time that stuff about how to do things. I, I, I can see why they were... They caught on, you know? Um, it just seems like they would be, it would work, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's move on to my number five, because we just talked about the original game. So I'll talk about a Pokemon from the original game. I tried to limit my thing from uh, not putting too many first gens on here because that's the one that I, until recently, have played the most. So it's like the only one where I knew them from. Uh, So I picked number five, Blastoise. And the reason I picked this one is because of my memories of it, I suppose. Um, Back in the day, I guess I should have mentioned... This is too when we talked about the rumors thing. Do you guys missing go? Uh, I don't, do, who taught you that? I want to know about. I think maybe the inner. I think at that point, you know, I maybe had like dial up, so I probably at least managed to find on like a cheat website how to do the glitch. But I don't remember how I discovered it. Okay. Yeah, no, we didn't really get that rumor over here. But looking okay. back, I I learned about it from the internet, of course. But... Right. So my cousins first taught me how to do it. Um, and I don't know where they heard it from, if they got saw it from a strategy guide or whatever, because this would have been like 99 or whatever. So I don't think any of us would have had the Internet at this time. So I don't really know how they heard about it, but they had to teach me how to do it because I was bad at the game. I mean, like, let's be real. I was like seven or eight. I'm not going to be good at a game, <laughs> like especially the game that involves a lot of reading comprehension in it and strategy like. I had just not played a game like this. And so I couldn't beat the Elite Four and win the game, but I had been able to get all the way to like the end. And my starter was Blastoise. So the reason I picked him is because he was the first starter that I was able to um, beat the game with. My character, Lee, I distinctly remember his name. I remember a couple of the Pokemon that I had, uh, Blastoise, Zapdos, Furo, um, so I picked Blastoise just because he reminds me of the first guy I could ever beat the game with, uh, even though I had to do the missing go thing and um, beef him up some levels. Uh, just fond memories of Blastoise as uh, a key poke, you know, well, he was my favorite starter. He was the first starter I think I picked two in the game. Um, I don't remember the very first time I played it, but I'm pretty sure I picked Blastoise because someone told me um, Squirtle was good. So picking them for nostalgia and for props for getting me over the hump the very first time when I was whatever, like eight or something like that. So got to give out shouts to my boy, my OG guy. I think like, to be fair, I know there's always like the people who whine about the quote unquote gen oneers. Uh, I, I do like the gen one starters, but I do think like the final evolutions, I don't know. They're, they're all really cool. They all really, I think accomplished the vibe that old Pokemon had where, it's kind of like some of the Pokemon were either like a little rough or a little scary looking. And the fact that it was very 90s. So you have like these like cute little 
critters and then one evolves to have like cannons on his on his back i don't know they they really captured a certain vibe i feel like of of the decade and i think like the final evolutions of of them are just really sweet so that's a that's yeah. a good pick blastoise yeah. looks like if you see him when you're fighting him blastoise is like round and fat and huge and he looks kind of mean he looks kind of like gruff uh so yeah that that is from this from the time i think as you're right yeah um I also like that uh, they, I mean, they got a, a few chances to revamp his model when they went with his uh, Mega Evolution and his uh, Gigantamax version, but they just gave him more cannons, and that's amazing. <laughs> that is funny, yeah. I, I gotta also say, too, um, we know Blastoise is cool because he is, um, we know Squirtle Squad is like the coolest group of Pokemon in the game, and we know that Squirtle's a bunch of Squirtles, even if they're cool, still think Blastoise is their leader. So we know Blastoise is cool because even Squirtle Squad thinks he's cool. So yeah, um, that is my closing case. But um, speaking of Gen One, Dan, why don't you tell us about your number four? Yeah, well, my number four is also a, a pretty well loved uh, Gen One Pokemon. He is the OG Ghost type Pokemon, and has received a lot of love in the anime and games and whatever. Uh, it's Gengar. Uh, Gengar is like the main ghost Pokemon. It's a very powerful one and also was quite uh, a difficult one to get around. I remember Agatha's Gengar from Gen 1. That was a tough one. Um, and I I just like it. It's a, he's, he's looking quite scary, but uh, once you get to know him... Uh-huh. Um, He's quite a goofball. I mean, he can be very funny. He has his comedic moments, um, but can also be very powerful. I mean, Gengar, uh, as a ghost type, is immune to a lot of things. And his Mega Evolution and Gigantamax version are just also amazing. I like that for the Gigantamax version, they just gave him a larger mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is very funny. Yeah, he's very mis- mischievous, him and uh, his pre-evolutionary lines, Ghastly and Haunter. They're very much a jokester, so when you see yeah. him on like the screen, you always know it's going to be like good times in the show. Yeah, exactly. And also like, like the entire evolutionary line, because Ghastly is ju- just this ball of fog, it's incorporeal, you don't really know what it is. Then he slowly condenses to uh, a Haunter, he's growing arms, but he's still like ethereal form and then gengar is your nightmares come to life he is fully corporeal has arms legs a body everything is attached and now your nightmares become reality and uh, i like that in his lore mm-hmm. yeah i definitely consider this one i, I like haunter a little bit more because i think his giant tongue is funny that he likes to lick stuff but mm-hmm. um yeah gengar very cool o- often one that i really want to get in games although he's Difficult to do because, of course, you need to trade to evolve them, which is kind of annoying yes. if you're playing solo. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's a difficult version. I'm glad that they removed that from like Legends Arceus, where you just give him a, a link cable, I believe the item is called, and you can just mm-hmm. evolve him naturally. Yeah, and um, with Sword and Shield, you can catch him in those like uh, raid nests that I was talking about earlier too. So. Or he can he's wandering around in the wild too sometimes, so you can still catch mm-hmm. they've now made it easier to get some of these ones that were always locked behind trading. Not all of them, but 
yeah, that's it's nice because he has a popular design in Pokemon that I want him, but he was always so hard to get in the old versions. So, uh, with that said, Mark, why don't you tell us about your number four? Yeah, I think uh, we'll continue with, depending on your opinion, the stuff of nightmares. Um, my number four, it's kind of a recent addition, so I, I will say, you know, we might cover this later, but I basically listed all the Pokemon that I liked in various degrees and just slowly um, whittled it down. And uh, I ended up, what ended up making my list at number four is Vileplume. And it's something that, as I've like collected, you know, some of the older games and have gone back and played them, I just end up one always ends up making my team. Uh, I think I do kind of like grass and poison in general, and and all the you know various types that mix with it. So you know, Vileplume kind of makes sense there. But um, I also didn't realize until someone brought it to my attention that Vileplume's Pokedex entry says something like it smells like one of those plants that smells like death. So the fact that you have this like smiling uh well one could say cute again or the stuff of nightmares is like smiling plant but like you know we don't have the benefit of smell of vision we don't know this thing truly smells like death when in fact it does i just kind of like the juxtaposition of those two um characteristics and i don't know from a gameplay perspective i do kind of like having that one pokemon that can kind of be your uh support's not the right word but it can poison it can paralyze it can kind of take a hit heal itself uh it's just kind of like a fun member to have so uh for that reason uh it, it made my top five yeah key member if you want to get like you said the status ail- ailments to try to catch legendaries and stuff it's like i need to sleep them i need to poison them i need to do all this stuff yeah you need vile plume mm-hmm. yeah yeah i never really got to play with vile plume because i had uh the only gen one game that i can remember right now is pokemon let's go and i got eevee and I believe Valplume and his line, I believe it's Oddish that he pre or that he evolves from. Uh those are uh version restricted. So I got to play with Bellsprout instead. Also the stuff of nightmares, depending on how you look at it, since it evolves into that um uh what do they call it? The, Venus flytrap. Yeah. Yeah, nope, yeah, not yeah. even the flytrap, it's the it's the bells because they like Bugs slip into them and they like slowly dissolve in the juice. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what the yeah. what the plant's called. Pincher plant, I believe. Something like that. Pitcher plant. Or... Yeah, pitcher pitcher plant. Yep. Yeah, pitcher plant. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. These these old ones, as as Mark is kind of bringing up, was we brought up with Blastoise and out the Vio Plume and even Gengar. Yeah, a little dark, like um oh, for sure. For, uh, an IP aimed at kids. Yeah, some of the designs are quite um I guess strange when you think about it that way because they're not fun and cute. They're like a little menacing. But I guess as a kid, maybe you don't really realize you're just like, oh, that Pokemon looks like tough or mean. I guess I, I don't know. But well, one thing I didn't realize. So I've been playing the virtual console games and I've been playing through Crystal. And so this didn't come up in Gen One, obviously. But uh, Audition, the I guess Vileplume technically would, but you can't catch Vileplume in the wild. They only come out at night or in the evening. So, you know, and Vileplume distinctly has red eyes. I think maybe even Oddish does. So the fact that, like, you could be, like, walking home and you just see, like, in the bushes, like, just red eyes staring at you is already creepy. <laughs> and then the fact that there's, like, a Jumanji-esque plant attached to the eyes uh, is truly frightening. I actually don't know if I if I saw Gengar or Vileplume, which one I'd be more scared of. Because if you just have the knowledge, you know Gengar's just going to, like, mess with you. 
But like, I think Vileplume might actually be able to kill you, which is a little terrifying. For sure. But then on the contrary, uh, I believe Gloom uh, also evolves into Belossum. And that's like the happiest fun plant that you've ever seen. Yeah. Quite yeah, that is really it's strange. Nightly. Yeah. I wonder what the idea behind that was. Like, Bioplume is, as Mark is saying, a little, like, um, dark in its theme. And then Belossum, as you're saying, yeah, very bright in its theme. I, I wonder if they had, like, a discussion. They were like, hmm, this Pokemon is, like, too depressing. Let's make it less so. <laughs> or what? I don't know. We'll move on to my number four. I also picked another Gen 1 uh, Pokemon. And I was surprised because uh, I'll talk about this at the end. But I built my list kind of after everybody else, and I was surprised, Mark, this Pokemon was not on your list. So that's why I, I put it on mine. <laughs> um, because we have talked about this guy in the past, and so it's Scyther. Um, he's basically just, just giant bug Pokemon. Uh, he looks like a praying mantis. He's got these giant scythes, as his name would imply, as his like hand-slash-arm things. Um, the reason I put him on here is a little bit because I was surprised Mark didn't, but I do re- this is one of the ones that I remember being really hard to catch because in Gen 1, he's only in red, and I mostly played blue. And you can only catch him in the stupid Safari Zone, which is, like, insanely hard because that's not even a place where it's, like, um, standard Pokemon stuff because usually to catch one, you know, you got to, like, weaken it, and then you catch it. This one, you just have to, like, throw rocks at it, like, throw food at it, or just chuck the balls at it. So as a kid, you're kind of like, I don't really understand this mechanic at all. It's way different. He's very hard to catch. Uh, the other way you can do it, of course, is through gambling. So, of course, I love this part. Uh, you can do the um, slots and stuff, and then you can buy them from the game corner is the other way to get them in red. So big fan of this guy because you can get him through gambling. I uh, don't know what the lines would be for stuff, but um, big fan of that. And uh, to kind of wrap this one up, one of the reasons I put him on here, I do think his design is cool. This is kind of my, I have a little bit of like, the middle of my list is edgelordy, I guess you could say, because I just have to... I mean, as, as, as a kid, you have to, like... You have to show the, throw the shout-out to yourself as a kid when you're like, these are the cool designs, so you gotta put them on here, because it's like, these are the ones you're drawn to so much as a kid. So, Scyther, my next one will be my edgelord picks. Um, but, uh, Mark has mentioned... Or, as I mentioned, Mark and I have talked about this guy in the past, because it was one of Mark's favorites. And so, I was able to catch... A shiny of this and its evolved form Caesar. And so, um, Mark, you self referred to yourself as young Mark when you liked these ones so much. They were your favorite. <laughs> so I-, I was joking that it would be young spelled like a like a rapper uh Y and G. Oh, so I, I, Mark. I, I caught these Pokemon. I was like, okay, I gotta name them after Mark here somehow. So my uh my Caesar is named Newmark, because you were like Newmark likes this like Caesar more than Scyther. So I named it Newmark, but it's like N-U Mark. And then <laughs> uh, Scyther is just named Proto Newmark, so uh, I had to give these have to give Scyther a shout out for the uh, the Mark connection here too a little bit. No, they're they're awesome, and yeah, we'll probably get into more on the honorable mentions. But the same thing that you said though; these were very indicative of Pokemon I liked at the time, and, and I and I mine we'll get to it in a bit. But I have another one on my list that kind of like fills that spot. But it yeah, uh, Scyther and Caesar as well are both. Very, uh, very cool. And I think this, the sprite work too, especially with like the Gen 1 games, even now, like going back to play the virtual console stuff, um, when Scyther shows up on screen, it's such a cool design. 
uh, in that pixel art format. And again, he's a little scary looking, he's a little angry looking. I think that might have gotten a little lost as we moved to 3D, but the personality they gave to Scyther uh, back then was just really awesome. And again, a Pokemon that is, I mean, it's got Scythe in the name, it's it, clearly very dangerous. So they, they had a vibe going at that time. Yeah, I mean, if you have two size for arms, I can't imagine you'd be very friendly or nice looking. No, I I understand. I mean, it's a cool Pokemon. I'm glad I made him easier to catch in uh, Legends Arceus because you, you can catch him in the first area. Um, but I never really played with him too much. I wasn't that much into bug types. Yeah, bugs are not that great, but... Um... I do remember in one of my red versions, I thought Sword Dance was like a sweet name for a skill. It's not that great. It just increases your agility. But I would just spam Sword Dance <laughs> over and over and over again at the beginning of the, of the match in the game because like this is such a cool skill and it was totally a waste of time. But I don't know. When you're a kid, sometimes you're just like, I want to do things that seem cool to me. And so you do Scyther. Seasaur is much better because you got the Steel edition too. So oh, yeah. Steel Bug a lot better than just Scyther's flying bug, which is like, hello, please. Ha- I have like all the worst weaknesses in the game, basically. <laughs> yeah. You throw a rock at it and it just, you, you, you splash Rubbles. it. Yeah. It falls. Yeah. No, that's, uh, it's a cool Pokemon for sure. Uh, yeah. So speaking of flying stuff, let's go to. Yeah. Man, these segways. number three. Yeah, these are amazing. And this one, if you throw a rock at it, well, it doesn't really care because it's also ground type. I, um, so for my number three, I went with Flygon, which is a ground dragon type as one of the weirdest evolution lines to me because none of the Pokemon really match. You start out with like an orange, almost turtle, and then you get a dragonfly, and then you get like... Uh, well, okay, the change from Vibrava to Flygon is more understandable, but Flygon is just, it's amazing, and I'm still bummed that it didn't get a Mega Evolution. Um, so yeah, I used this guy for my uh, Shield playthrough, uh, and he's great because he has Levitate, so you cannot really hurt him with uh ground-based attacks, like Earthquake, but he's also ground-type, so electric-type moves also are uh, ineffective to him. He can both fly and dig, and he's dragon-type, so he has access to a a large move pool. Yeah, when I faced this guy Sword and Shield, he was so annoying, because, again, not having played for so long, and not having really encountered some of these in my because I would only play basically up to the Elite Four win, stop the game in the, the 3DS ones. I had not seen a lot of Pokemon. So this one, I saw it in Sword and Shield, and I was like, what the heck am I supposed to do to beat this one? Because he's really hard when you fight that in the doubles battle with the dragon guy at the end. And this one's really hard. Like, it's really, you just need ice, I think. Ice or fairy. Yeah. Otherwise, you're screwed because this guy's got no weaknesses, and you're just like... Mm-hmm. He's, he's frustrating to go against. So yeah, great choice in terms of, like, one that's really... Uh, powerful in terms of just some a- anti-weakness stuff. Yeah, great, great pick. I was just looking over the list, and I just saw that like the tail of Flygon is very similar similar to that of Milotic. Just the colors are different, and there's one extra paddle. But 
Is he Gen? I'm I'm pulling him up on. He, what gen he's was Gen he? Four, I believe. No, he's also Gen Three. So maybe they had, maybe it was a similar. I don't know uh, if they were all designed by. Uh, was it Ken? Sugi, I don't know if he was still. Do- no, he did the art. Either way, uh, part of the same design, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I, I really like that he's cute. <laughs> like you know, I know like it's hard to say like if Dragon Knight is cute or not because at the time he also had like you know mean eyes. But like I do like when a lot of the dragon Pokemon, uh, you know, they're very like angry and spiky. It's kind of cool that you know you're you're thinking you're going to get this like epic, um, you know, kaiju kind of dragon because you see like where it's going. Like he's kind of like a little bug, and then he turns into like a little middle stage, and then he just kinds of being this like cute little you know. Bug-eyed dragon thing. I don't know. He's got a cool aesthetic. I did not know he didn't have a mega evolution because I'm not too up to date on the megas. I had to Google it because I was like, no, surely they would have given him a mega. That's that's really upsetting. Hopefully, in yeah. uh, another game, they will. Yeah, let's hope so. All right. Yeah. So, uh, you want me to do mine, Mark? Yeah. Why don't you do number three here? Because you you do your edge lord pick, and then I'll do mine. <laughs> yeah. So my yeah, Edgelord's probably a good way to put it. And this also this this is the one that fills the like um you know, talking about what I perceived as a cool Pokemon growing up. You know, we're talking about Scyther and all that. Uh I put uh Tyranitar as my number three, and I wrote here in my notes uh before we get to my number one, like I really uh this was kind of like my top Pokemon. I was really into gold and silver, so that was probably like the height of my Pokemon fandom and the fact that you know you go through the entire game you think you have all the Pokemon you uh you even beat the Elite Four you beat the Kanto gym leaders and then you go on this mountain and you find this little angry um I don't know what you would call Larvitar but you find this little angry critter and you're like oh that seems neat and then he evolves eventually at, at like level 60 something crazy um takes forever but he evolves into probably like one of the coolest and at the time few dark type pokemon available in the game there were like no dark type pokemon um tyranitar was just really sweet uh and i think you know talk about edgy you know liking the dark pokemon is very much like an edgelord thing i think at the time growing up and um i wrote here reflects the kind of pokemon i thought were the shit as a child and <laughs> anything that i kind of liked about nidoking which also was like this big kaiju spiky looking thing i think tyranitar kind of kicked it out of the park um and it's another one going back through the old games I, I i'm going to keep bringing up the sprite work i really do love uh how they designed him and just how he comes off on the screen uh with that pixel art he is just really sweet a pain in the ass to get but really sweet yes pays off your patience if you can wait for sure and i'm just reading some of the dex entries for him and they're scary i mean uh where is it? Here, Ultra Moon. This Pokemon is a mobile disaster, leaving mountains crumbled and houses destroyed in its wake. Jesus. And that just fits in the pocket of a, an 11 year old guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's based on like a dinosaur type of Godzilla dinosaur hybrid, as Mark was saying with Kaiju. So I can see why he would be popular to a young kid. And he's good in Go. He's really good at Go. <laughs> yeah, and oh, wow. he's pretty good in Sword and Shield, too. You can make a pretty good Tyranitar in Sword and Shield. Yeah, awesome. I'll have to try that. Because, uh, again, this was, a, as, as I brought before, uh, most of these Pokemon that are that were not first-gen, I had no clue who they were until I saw them at Sword and Shield. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> oh, what the heck is this guy? He looks cool. So 
I need to look um, up the mega. Yeah. Oh my god, he's got so I don't yeah, know if I like the mega I guess as much. Spike here. He's got so many spikes. Oh my god. <laughs> it seems painful. Like for him, not like for his enemies. It just seems like too spiky. But I, I like that they at least embrace the spike. Yeah. It's not practical, but it's edgy, and that's oh, yeah. what he's all about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um I guess let's move on to the last edgelord pick here. My number one is nah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so for my number three, I was like, I my initial list here had a few choices. I went for a fire starter because I do think that their final evolutions of the fire starter tend to be really cool. I thought about uh, Blazikan because he's got that he's like doing like a flying knee a lot of times in his his art. And I'm like, yes, flying knee, sweet. I thought about the, the OG classic Charizard, but I was like, well, I put Blastoise on the list already. I'm not going to put Charizard on the list, too. I don't want to have too many first-round guys. Um, and then it really came down to two choices here. I thought about Incineroar, because I was like, he's hilarious because he's a, a, loot, he's a wrestler. He's got that weird wrestling belt on him. And I'm like, why is, he, why is this giant buff cat a wrestler, too? I don't understand. That makes sense to me. But... Um, I went for Infernape because the first time I saw this one, I was like, wow, this is like a really interesting design. This is like a basically a chimp with a, sort of like a cauldron on the top of his head. That's uh, reminds me of like DBZ style hair, I guess you could say. Um, and it's always it's always burning. Uh, he's got he's based on um, like sun. Goku type of stuff that uh, Journey to the West type of uh, story. Yeah. yeah. So he that's kind of his his basis of his design. Uh, he's a fire slash fighting type, but uh, he is one of the starters. And I thought he the first time I saw him, thought he was very cool. Even though I think he's not as good as some of the other ones from that gen. Uh, yeah, it, just drawn to his design. That's really, that's really my pick for him. Yeah, I mean, all the Gen Four starters were amazing. Like, especially their final forms. Like Torterra is great. It's just moving landmass. That's also a turtle. And then, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Empoleon. Yeah, it's also very cool. But no, I agree. Infernape is is really nice. It did fall into the category of. Um, firefighting uh, starters that I hope we don't see again with uh, Gen 9. I would like some variety, but no, he's he's really cool. Yeah, I feel bad that he was the... like. I, I do also like Blaziken. I feel bad for... I think whichever one would have come after, obviously, it's just going to get dunked on because we've had like... So, like you know, it's another firefighting. Um, but I feel like if we if we kind of like played things in a different chronological order and Inferno came out first, I think it is a really like before Blaze again. I think it is a really neat uh, design. I think, like you said, it's a strong generation of starters, and he's like the upteenth firefighting. So I think people were just tired of it. But um, he's really sweet. I haven't given him a shot yet. I just did a playthrough. I always did Torterra because I again I enjoyed the landmass, but I did try Empoleon. <laughs> Uh, who that was uh, gameplay wise is really fun because he was a tank. But I think if I go back to Gen Four, uh, Infernape is definitely next on my list. Yeah, I I did that one recently because that's the uh, the remake ones that just came out. Did have some trouble with him because uh, his uh, his weaknesses. I was having some problems with them, so he wasn't as good as I was like hoping. 
because I had never played with him before at all, I don't think. So I was very excited to get to try him. And I was like, ah, he was he wasn't as good actually in game as I was hoping. Um, and then I, I did him again in Arceus, and he was better in that one because I was able to teach him Drain Punch. And the way that game works, being able to heal yourself is so nice because you get up against two or three Pokemon at a time. Um, and you just have the one out there, and it's like, oh, I'm fainting so much because I'm fighting two to three at a time, and it's just they're just whittling me down. So him being him in that version, being able to heal himself and fight the enemies, very, very helpful. So that's my tip for people. Learn Drain Punch or one of those healing ones in Arceus. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're back to me. Yep. Back to you. You're number two. My number two is also an evolved starter. Uh, this time from Gen 2, and it's the Grass Starter. So I know before going in that the Chikorita line isn't the most loved starter line, but I really like it. I mean, you end up with Meganium, which is my second most favorite Pokemon, because you just get a very large dinosaur, and I'm really glad that it got its own segment during a new Pokemon Snap, where you have to snap one of those glowing Meganiums. And yeah, it's just really cool. It might not be the best starter to pick for gold or silver, but I just like it. Yeah, I think you're right about it being underrated. Like, I visually really enjoy it going back really like how like i think all three are, are very strong um yeah i i unfortunately don't have too much to say I, I will say i'm playing through i think gold i downloaded virtual console games when they announced the eShop was closing eventually mm-hmm. so i have pokemon gold on one of my systems and i to get to give chikorita the the love it deserved uh i decided to pick that up which i think i might be in for a tough game since it's the old mechanics but Still, very underrated. Yeah, because uh, I also recently played... Uh, is it Crystal is the, is the one for that right mark, I think? Yeah. With um, Suicune? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I had never played this version before, and I really wanted to pick Chikorita, but I, I think I had saw somewhere that um, Totodile was the one to pick, so I picked it, which is like... Thank God, because you need freaking crunch for that stupid second boss or whatever the the mill tank one okay. with the rollout. Um, I think I think it's a bit of a tough break for some some of these other ones because that skill is so good in that fight just to stop you from getting spammed by a rollout and your entire crew getting killed in seven turns. That I wish that didn't exist so you could have a little bit more variety because otherwise, if you don't have a fighting Pokemon or or you're gonna crunch it and or bite it and flinch it. Very hard fight. Yeah, so for I, sure. I just looked it up. You know, here we'll have a quick little, uh, you know, strategy corner here for the Chikorita thing. Because someone, I, I listened to a podcast where they mentioned this, and I knew about Faulkner. He's the first gym leader in Johto who flies, but then I didn't realize like how messed up the rest of the trip is for Chikorita. So like, you fight a flying gym, and then you go and fight a bug gym. So we, you know, grass is weak to both of them. Then you fight, um, oh my god, I already dropped her name, we just talked about her, what is her stinking name? Whitney. Uh, with the mill tank rollout, doesn't matter who you have as a challenge. <laughs> then you go fight Ghost Poison, and I believe Chikorita's just grass. Yeah. Poison. It isn't until you get to Chuck, um, who's fighting, that you have, like, some sort of, like, level playing field, and by then you've been playing for, like, hours. So yeah, you're just, like, 
you're just getting pummeled for like such yeah. a large portion of the game. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even beyond the gyms, uh, very early on, you have like the Bellsprout Tower, and you have no advantage against it because it's just grass against grass. Um, Cyndaquil is a much better pick for that one. And also, most of the starting Pokemon are uh, either grass or flying type, or normal, but they're, it's very difficult to win early on, and then you're underleveled for the gyms. And yeah, it's it's a grind, but the Meganium will get it by the end. It's very, very, very nice. And I like that in Pokemon Snap, you just get to appreciate it without having to grind for it. Because I believe it's also, I don't know, it's evolved at level 32, so that's relatively quick. But yeah, like you said, it's going to be tough to even get to that level because you yeah. just, the grind. So I, 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 would, I think I would like this one more if it wasn't like tied to a generation where it's, it's got a tough break, you know? I think if it was, if this was like the first gen one and, you know, had Venusaur spot, you know, I think it would rank much higher in my mind because it's like Venusaur was good in that chain. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the second game is just so hard in general. So no matter who you pick, I think you're having a hard time. So. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's move now from one grass to another with Mark's number two. Yeah, and eventually became a grass fairy. So my number two is Whimsicott. Uh, so Whimsicott, I think in a similar vein, but maybe for different reasons, I, I, I kind of compared to the Vileplume and I wrote in my notes here, cute, but will wreck your day. So when we all in college, my friends and I, when we down, when we bought Pokemon Black, it was the first time that I sort of tried a competitive moveset. I didn't do anything. I don't think I did any breeding or EVs or IVs, but there was a, uh, here, here we go again, diving into the strategy real quick. Whimsicott had an ability called Prankster, and Prankster, if you use a non-damaging move, so typically a status move, you would go first no matter what the speed of either Pokemon was. So if I remember correctly, the moveset was um, you would set up some sort of uh, drain. So you would like maybe throw out like a leech seed or something like that. Then you would um, use substitute. So no matter what the opponent did, they would hit your substitute, not you, and you're gaining the health pack. And then you would use Encore. So they would be stuck using whatever move it was um, that didn't really damage you very much or didn't break the substitute. And you just went through this cycle of just like whittling them down and they could never hit you because they were always doing the substitute and you would gain back your health and all this stuff. And I remember uh, going back to that time buying Pokemon Black, we all played after we beat the Elite Four and one of my friends had with the drag, I think it was a Haxorus at the time, like the, the dragon of Pokemon Black and White. And I mean, it was definitely what I was hoping for. He was like, all right, this Pokemon's going to wreck your day. Look how cool it is. Look at all the spikes. Um, and I threw out this little grass Pokemon. I don't even think fairy existed yet. And just like completely ruined his day. I mean, granted, it was like a death of a thousand needles. Like it took forever for the dragon to go down, but he couldn't touch me. And I just really enjoyed um, that kind of play style. So for that, I always uh, cherish that time with Whimsicott and uh, love trying to... Uh, Capture it when I can. Doesn't usually make the team anymore, but uh, it was just a fun time uh, back during Gen 5. Wow, that's sick. 
mark <laughs> like not sick cool that is like sick like wow that is gross <laughs> oh he he was like it, it's like mind-numbing it's like you know it was like the first time i i feel like oh yeah like i don't need to use offensive moves i think like even though i was at like 18 or 19 you know i still had the mentality of like no give me flamethrower give me vine whip give me all the damaging moves and i was like oh here's a move set that doesn't really do any damage but it's still gonna <laughs> kill the opponent i i loved it nice yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about uh, this Pokemon because I dropped the series when this one was introduced. So I just lump him in with all the other like fluffy spore type uh, grass Pokemon like uh, Jumpluff and Eldegoss. But yeah, no, I uh, that's a valid strategy. I do like his yeah. design. He's just so happy. Yeah, <laughs> such mm-hmm. a happy little cotton smile. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad someone put something on here for competitive because I've never really done it. Um, so that's like a huge part of the game that is like a total blind spot for me. As I mentioned, I don't um, really care about all that stuff. So I'm glad someone brought it up because I know that there are a lot of uh, competitive things out there for playing the game. And uh, one of the things that I don't, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it this to you before, but I, there's a story from, uh, I think Keza McDonald told it where she was like, as a kid, she, uh, played a lot of competitive Pokemon, and it was the day before a tournament, and she put her game on like the shelf, and she was going to go, and then she woke up and found her brother was playing it and deleted her save file, and it was like, oh, no. but the tournament, the tournament oh, no. was that day, and it was like, she, she was like, of course I was upset and I was mad, but he was like a little kid, I can't be that mad at him, you know, it's not like he did it on purpose, he's not like malicious about it, he's just a little kid, didn't understand, and so... I think about that a lot when I think about competitive Pokemon because I'm just like, I think about this horrible story because she's like, I had like a B team on another cart, but it was like nowhere near this team that she had raised for so long through all these gens and, you know, breed it and stuff. And it's like, so um, that's how well, I think be, about it. be terrifying. Yeah, the the one <laughs> save file thing, I understand why they, they do it because they want you to buy more games, but it is, um, they need to get rid of that. They need to be said that you have like two. Uh, yeah, very that was a product yeah. of an earlier time, and it just exists now, just because. Yeah, exactly. It's like That's I, if I want Gen, Gen Nine. Yeah, it's like if I want to play the game again, I shouldn't have to wipe everything out or play the new, buy another version of it. Right? It's like mm-hmm. it's frustrating. Um, uh, they should just have you get uh, three save slots so you can pick each of the three starters. Play yeah, like probably. the first gym and then see which one you like best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. probably. That's the right choice. Um, but well, keep the keep the grass train going. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you guys did two grass ones, and I'm I'm gonna continue with going here with my number two. I'm picking the Gen Seven starter Rowlet, who is basically this round owl who has like a bow tie made of leaves, <laughs> and I just find his design like. Uh, funny, cute, little strange. Um, he's likes the nighttime as I do. Prefers the night. Um, have you guys watched any of the show ver- uh related to this generation? Uh, small snippets of episodes, but not a lot. Okay, so Rowlet is usually in Ash's backpack because he's like kind of got this. Ash has got like this typical um backpack that's got like the like a tombstone design i guess you would say right 
And so Rowlet always hides in his or sleeps in Ash's backpack, and then he like unzips him and then sends Rowlet out. So I find that always to be a funny gag in that one. Every time Ash opens it up, Rowlet is sleeping in his backpack. Um, yeah, just really think his design is pretty cute. And uh, yeah, very different from my two previous Edge Lord picks, uh, picking Rowlet because I think his bow tie is really funny. So, yeah. although his final evolution is pretty Edge, the CGI. <laughs> that that is true, yeah. He yeah, he's a very strange one where like um his original one is like unassuming and cute. His second form is like a little bit more dapper. You're like, oh, you're kinda like uh getting a little bit more style. And then his his last form is like, what the heck happened here? <laughs> it, they don't really fit. I, yeah, I, I think you mentioned before, like uh with Trap Inch, um his evolutionary line where at times you're like i don't understand how these three connect yet uh the final form of rowlet i don't really understand how rowlet goes from that or from this first form to his last one makes no sense but he's ghost type too in his last form too which i'm like i don't i don't get it but yeah yeah he, he's like on his way to being a butler and then he just turns to uh vigilante <laughs> yeah. at the last minute yeah yeah he's like alfred but then he's like i know actually i'm batman and it's like i what <laughs> Um, so I don't really have a whole lot to add for Rowlet other than I just like his, his design, pure, pure design choice, um, for Rowlet. very cute. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. He's my favorite gen seven starter. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, I was glad to see he was a choice in Arceus because I was like, I saw him as like, I know who my first pick is going to be because Rowlet's (laughs) my boy, (laughs) you know? And, um, it's nice in that one too, because it's easy to catch uh the starters again if you get those like mass outbreaks so you can just have like tons mm-hmm. of rowlets uh there's that one famous video of the guy who's the big seal fan and he throws out all the spheels and he's like so happy um that'd be like me and the rowlets just having a rowlet time except we'd all be sleeping <laughs> yeah but let's okay. move on to our our last uh picks our number ones dan our number ones yeah give me your so- number one now it's finally time for me to show my dark side, my edge. So I'm going with, <laughs> like, I, I think this was, like, the f- original dark type, because it wasn't a thing in Gen 1. Yeah, and it's but, the earliest one you can get. Yeah, so in Gen 2, we got two new evolutions, and I'm going with Umbreon, the moon Pokemon, because I just enjoy the design, and it's edgy, and I have a plush of Umbreon. So, yeah, no, this is by far my favorite. Although I, I put on the, on, in first spot, I put the entire EV line, which I know isn't really allowed because there are like eight evolutions by now. <laughs> so it's like putting eight Pokemon in first. But if I have to pick out of those eight, I always go for Umbreon first. Yeah, I like Umbreon. Mark, do you have a particular one that you prefer out of the EV Lucian? When I when I play through Johto, it's it's also always Umbreon. I really like the night cycle. I think as a kid, like just the mechanic was neat. So anytime I could get a dark Pokemon, you know, I would even even the ones I didn't realize weren't dark, like Noctowl and whatnot. So Umbreon, I I jumped at the chance that jumped at the chance to to have one. Uh, I I feel bad for Espeon. I want to give Espeon a shot at some point. I feel like it's the the poor forgotten. Uh, although I know it has its defenders, so I don't feel too bad for it today. But Umbreon, I mean, it, I know we don't talk about shinies. It's shinies really cool. It's a whole moon yeah. aspect. 
Like it, it's mm-hmm. such a cool Pokemon to depict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I was going to mention the shiny, but it's such a simple change they made. Like they only made the rings light blue, but it's so effective. Really, really like it. As opposed guess- to Espeon, who t- just turns green. <laughs> Which yeah, the, a mood, but no. The EV shinies are very hit or miss. I find for some because it's like, um, yeah. yeah, this one's cool. Uh, the fairy one is pretty good. I forget the name of that one. Sylveon. Yeah, Sylveon. That one's not the, that one's kind of like it, it reverses some colors, but some of them are just basically just a whole palette swap color, and some of the color choices are ugly. Like Jolteon is ugly. I think Espeon's green is a little much. Yeah, and then some of them are barely like like Flareon. I can barely tell. Same with Glaceon. Really hard to tell the difference between and Leafeon. So like the Eevee shiny, which is just a, a gray silver Eevee. It's also mm-hmm. very cute. Yes. Yeah. I remember grinding for a shiny Eevee in Shield and then evolving it into an Umbreon because I I just like the shiny version so much. Mm-hmm. But the regular version is also great. You must have had a field day the first um, EV community day on Pokemon Go because I, I have like <laughs> I feel like I have like thirty shiny EVs from that event. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I also really wanted the Umbreon, so I went uh, with the cheat in Pokemon Go, where if you name it uh, Blacky, uh, the Japanese name, it automatically evolves into an Umbreon. Yep. Because I wanted to ensure that my first shiny evolution would be the Umbreon. No one can fault you for that. Because, yeah, I remember it was, like, kind of wishy-washy with the internet, like, how you could get it. And I know that was, like, one of the ways. I don't blame you for that at all. Yeah, that's the smart way to do it, to just automatically guarantee it. Otherwise, they're they're kind of annoying in that game to do, uh, to get the specific... uh... Yeah, like, you need max friendship, and that isn't easy. Plus, you need a game with a day-night cycle, which aren't all games. Um... So you need to time it right, and you also need to make sure in the more recent games that it doesn't have baby doll eyes, a fairy type move, because otherwise you end up with a Sylveon. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope. I mean, they keep adding more evolutions, but it's like, at what point are we gonna have to have like the ninety nine theses nailed onto my wall so I know how to evolve an Eevee into the one I want? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, it's getting a little confusing because this was another one that you know after having lapsed because I was only. A, knew about the first three and then there's all these new ones and i'm like what the heck is going on here like and if it wasn't just add a stone onto it i could not figure it out and it was yeah i gotta go to the internet look it up uh so yeah yep no that's true but i don't think we'll get any more evolutions unless we get new types i heard people talking about we're getting new types in gen 9 but i'm not sure because all the evolutions are linked to the uh so types can be special or physical and all the special ones have an evolution and then the physical types like rock ground steel bug don't those don't have uh an evolution which is why we won't be getting like 18 evolutions by the end never doubt pokemon company for adding for, for making yeah, us yeah. want to spend more money on evolution toys for sure for sure <laughs> I'll gladly <Okay>. buy more. <laughs> I can't blame you. Can't blame you. So the um, only one that's missing, because I didn't think about that connection, 
uh, going off the old damage split uh, is Dragon. Yeah, true. I, I believe Dragon is like both physical and special. Oh, I'm now sure. I, was, I was looking at back when like they only could do physical special damage. <laughs> and and what you said, they're all so like in Gen one through like three, Fire always did special damage, and um, yeah, all the evolutions are there: Fire, Water, yeah. Grass, Electric, Psychic, Ice, Dark. I mean, Fairy that's new, but I mean, Dragon Eevee. I, I it could be really corny, but I would I, I'd be interested to see it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, always interested to see where they go with um, new designs. But let's take a look at an old design here with your number one mark. Yeah, I feel like I I I told uh, Mandy before I walked in. She wanted. She was like, "What are your top five? And she dunked on me a little bit for this one, but I didn't feel like <laughs> uh, you know I, I was going to be corny if I talked to her about it. So uh, my number one is I pull up my old man Gen One or pants. Uh, my number one Pokemon is Pidgeot, and uh, the reason why I put it is, uh, and I actually just added to my notes here. You know, especially in the Gen One games, there was uh, all of them. There's that vibe about, you know, it's all about forming friendships with your Pokemon. And really, like, we're all kids. We're just trying to, like, you know, beat the game. But uh, since it was one of the first Pokemon you caught, and you know, it for me, it was always the Pokemon that I taught fly. Because uh, screw walking around Kanto once you're able to fly. Um, you know, aside from my starter, it was always the Pokemon that made it through the, to the end of the game. Because I you needed someone to fly. So it was something that anytime I especially go to Kanto... Uh, I make sure to have. I always make sure to have a Pidgeot on my team, and I think with, um, you know, it's really hard in some of the games to, uh, depending on what your generation you're playing, stick with one Pokemon through the end because you'll see something new and you're like, "Ooh, I want to try that one out." But Pidgeot was always one that made it through the entire uh, playthrough. So for that, for being kind of like the first Pokemon to to fill that slot, um, it made my number one, and uh, I will say getting into the let's go games uh i really enjoyed its mega evolution so i was really happy for what is a very basic design it is literally just a bird um getting just like a little bit of a cool modernization with the uh mega pidgeot i'm glad it got that little uh, uplift but yeah that's my that's my number one it's very much a like you know this is my personal list kind of number one i totally get why it wouldn't be uh, on many people's number ones, uh, you know, if you ask me another day of the week, I could probably tell you it's Scyther or or Scizor. But uh, when I think back about what Pokemon is trying to say in its storyline and like sticking with them to the end, uh, Pidgeot uh, is right up there. Yeah, now I understand your reasoning for putting him on the list. I have like the same experience with my Corviknight and Shield. Like you catch it as. Probably after you started your first Pokemon, and it just sticks with you until the entire, well, the entire way. Uh, although I think that the more recent uh, starting birds have a bit of an advantage over Pidgeot because they gain secondary typing. Like Talonflame gets Fire, uh, Corviknight gets Steel, and Pidgeot lacks that a little bit. But now I I like the design. I mean, there's excellence in simplicity here. I wonder and, if Mega Pidgeot even gets another type. <laughs> Does it even get anything? The flying? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Because I know like, with a lot of the Megas. Uh, no, it's retaining it? normal flying. Oh my god, they did the poor thing. They didn't <laughs> even give it. Oh. oh. That's a shame. Uh, then again, what type would you make is Psychic? 
Yeah, with that, with, I I did like what they did with Braviary, actually. Uh, Braviary <laughs> almost made my list in some ways. The old Braviary, so I did like that it got Psychic. I don't know, with the color scheme they gave it, Mega Pidgeot, I don't know. Yeah. They really didn't do much to it other than give it a splash of blue. And not enough blue to make it like water, even. But water flying is also a pretty common combination anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I share some similarities of you guys having the the bird Pokemon that is like the one that I always think about because I it was like my first one that I took all the way. And I, I think I mentioned Firo. That was mine. Just basically a big, big old sparrow. Um, so, yeah, I think everybody's got kind of like this thing that Mark talks about having a, a special memory of like one of the the first Pokemon that that's weak that you grow up and. That's not your starter, of course, that you kind of grow up and it kind of take maybe not the distance, but a good amount. And you're like, yeah, that's the one I'm always drawn to. So I'm always drawn to uh, Firo over the other birds. Uh, and it's not a bug Pokemon. The, the bug Pokemon, I feel like, could fit that niche, too. Like there could be another timeline where we're all talking about how we love Beedrill or whatever. But they were just so bad. Like, yeah, it, you can't take them very far. Yeah, bug is a very weak type and they don't. They evolve so soon as well, so that way you kind of like I saw the evolution so soon, so there's nothing to like keep you wanting to get it to level thirty. It's like oh, level eighteen, I've got it at last form, and they're just not very strong. The first bosses often usually are teched against them a lot of times, where it's like my butt or they don't do anything. You know, in the first game, it's like great, I'm doing poison sting to Onyx. It's doing one damage. <laughs> if I'm not poisoning it, it's pointless. You yeah. know. So. Yeah, and afterwards you head into the tunnels, and there it's useless as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So. Like the, the starting rodents, like your red uh, red cade, uh, those do tend to survive like past gym three, but afterwards they just get exchanged for something better. Yeah, because because they just are are normal. They the only unless you're going to use them as a in the, those early games for HMs just to dump them on them. It's like. There's not a lot of point in keeping them. So at least with like the the Pidgeot and stuff, you can teach them fly, which is like a good move in the game in terms of battling and in terms of you need to get around the game. <laughs> so. Yeah, and the flying type is also easy to get against grass and bug type Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very useful. Yeah, so I think that's a great pick, Mark. Uh, but let's speak of the greatest pick here. My number oh one. Okay, so my initial list, I mentioned that I kind of built my list after these two. My initial list was this Pokemon, and number two was not this Pokemon. And that was all of them. That's what it all said. And my number one is the greatest, most bizarre, and stupid Pokemon that exists. Rubbish, who is garbage. Literal garbage. <laughs> and I just think that this is... I Sometimes when they make these designs, I'm like, what? Give me some of that, is what I basically what I'm thinking. Because I'm like, how are you guys coming up with this stuff? This is in the long line of Pokemon that I'm like, this is just a thing? Why is this a Pokemon? This is, I don't understand. You know, like, Klefki is keys. Cryonganol is like a ice, or is a snowflake. Vanillite is like a ice cream cone. Kofi is a lay, like the Hawaiian lay. Sandygast is a, is a um, sandcastle. But Trubbish is just trash. Like, he's just a, a garbage bag. And I'm like, I don't understand. What the, de- the decision making behind making trash as a Pokemon was... Even his lore stuff is like super weird. This is from the Bulbapedia entry. It says, 
this Pokemon was created when a mixture of domestic and industrial waste underwent a chemical reaction of some sort. Trubbish emits noxious burp-like gases which, when inhaled, will render the victim bedridden for a week. This gas can also prove fatal when inhaled by young Pokemon and children. Like, what? This Pokemon can, like, straight up kill people? This makes no sense at all. Um, it does say in, like, one of the episodes, in the end, Trubbish saved the kindergartners' lives, and it was subsequently adopted by them and Daniela after finding out that Trubbish's stench fades when it is with people it trusts. But it's like, you just run across this random trash Pokemon, literally trash, and next thing you know, you, you die. It's just like, yeah, I don't know, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, no, it's weird because everyone's like, ah, oh, I have my new best friend, it's a Pikachu, and it's cute, and adorable, and what's your partner Pokemon? Uh, bag of trash. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just uh, it's like you said it's weird how they come up with these designs and but I mean it's a thing we have to accept it and if you're going for a poison type Pokemon trash is yeah quite decent decent choice what I'm surprised by is that it only evolves at level 36 so you have to really work for it to get an even even bigger pile of trash yeah, I was just going to say, I I think, um, you know, you are probably, I think if you were to put it out into the world, which I guess you're about to, uh, when this gets released, that Trubbish is your number one, that you're good. I feel like you're going to find a non-zero amount of people who may or may not agree with you, because there is something with Trubbish, like, it's got that face only a mother could love vibe, like, you, you could, like... It is. There's a cute element to it. I think it's like it's like the 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 bag handles at the top are kind of like bunny ears. You know, there's there's something going for it that I think is lost when it turns into the um, utter abomination that's Gardenor. <laughs> yes. Uh, granted, maybe they're trying to go. You know, the, the, there's the whole like trash is bad, but I think there is something about Trubbish that is kind of like I do not want to use the word endearing, but it's you know it, it's it's a paradox. Uh, and I think kind of like why I like Vileplume. I just think I, I, I like the two things um, butting up against each other. I, I wish there was like maybe a, another evolution they would introduce it so it maybe got some love. But uh, I, I think it's a solid choice. I, this is probably might be your most edgelord of them in a way that you're picking. <laughs> Trubbish. Uh, he's, he's so bizarre. That's why I have to put him at number one because it just... Uh... Yeah, just a pile of trash that they turned into Pokemon. And they, like you said, they tried to make it look cute. It's like, it's trash. Literal trash. Like, its name is based off of the word trash and rubbish. Like, I don't... Yeah, very bizarre Pokemon to me, but... Um, I don't have a shiny of it. This is my number one goal is... I, I want to get one of these. I also want to get a, a Lickitung, but... I uh, really want a Trubbish. I would never evolve it because... Yeah, like I said, I don't really like its uh, evolved form. Because it's not as that one's like a little like that is true trash. This is like it's just a heap of trash where the yes. bag is broken. Yeah, this yeah. one is just like um, you know maybe a little doggy bag of trash. But <laughs> um, yes, uh, Trubbish, my number one. Even though it is, I think one of the stupidest Pokemon. That's why I got to put it at number one because. Even over those other ones I listed that are very stupid item ones, Trubbish is the king of just bizarre design. Like who, like I said, who pitched this idea and who approved it? That's what I want to know. Mm -hmm. Like who was like, 
in the meeting because you know they have, they come up with all these ideas, all these new Pokemon, and I suppose I mentioned some stupid ones, but who was like, let's make one based off of like trash? Because like, yeah. has anyone ever questioned in in the Pokemon world what happens with trash? And no, no one cares. Like, <laughs> no one thinks about it in the games. And yeah, I don't know. Like, honey, don't leave your trash out. You're gonna like it's gonna become sentient if you don't, you know, do something with it. Yeah, do yeah. They, how does it? It's just yeah, just a chemical reaction. Okay, yeah, the fact that like you could like leave your trash out like in your backyard and it just starts moving is uh pretty terrifying. No, I really appreciate putting it here on this list of best Pokemon because I would imagine if we if we were to do another episode of our bottom five Pokemon, then this could easily make the list as well. <laughs> yeah, this might also be my number one bottom too. <laughs> yeah. It's uh very strange choice so yeah um, so uh let's quickly do uh let's do quick were there anyone you were not surprised to see or any honorable mentions uh that people were thinking uh i kind of mentioned that i put scyther on because i thought mark would and then he didn't so i did I was a little surprised no charizard no legendaries from us thought that was a little surprising yeah no pikachu yeah, yeah no, no, pikachu. no big boy yeah, uh, if Chonky Pikachu might have been should have okay. been on my list. Now that I think about it, I'm not I'm not as big a fan of uh, Pikachu now, but that original Chonky design where he's really fat, like that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the uh, the Alolan Raichu. That's cute. Yeah, that's but... cool. Yeah, because he's like surfing. That's a cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can I can run through. So, like I said, I just whittled down a list. Um, oh, yeah, so, so you had a list of like forty. Yeah, let's yeah, let's hear some. Yeah, I started out with. 40 and then i just like slowly went down and i and i feel bad because i at one point uh he's not even in the top 10 but like you know i, I dropped dragapult which i really like yeah i also had that. i also had that on my list and he shows about out, that one you no know, little little pre-evolutions of himself it's so cute <laughs> i also like his hands like i always like for those who watch adventure time there's like sometimes the way they like hold themselves they kind of have these like dangling like they kind of like rest their arms on nothing uh, so just like I like the animation, but I'll just run through the other five that didn't make the cut. Um, ultimately, cutting Scyther was hard. He actually isn't in the top ten because because Scizor was in there. But it, these are in no particular order. Uh, Heracross is in there. Nine Tails, either the Alolan or the regular uh, Scizor. Um, this one I started to enjoy as an adult. I think with the world just being chaotic, I enjoy the just goofy positive energy of this Pokemon, especially when you see him in Pokemon Snap. Uh Sudowoodo, the, the rock <laughs> the, Pokemon. The <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, who just like is obvious so obviously not a tree, but just like makes a tree pose and <laughs> hopes it works. Um and then I put Suicune. So uh, one legendary did make my cut and Suicune is actually the wallpaper on my home screen on my phone. So I do really like the aesthetic of uh Suicune. Yeah, no, I I have an, actually a wallpaper of, on my desktop is like uh, uh, Pink Floyd's album of the Prism, but then with evolution. So you have a white Eevee going in, and then all the different colored evolutions coming out. Ooh. Pretty cute. Um, my shortlist was a lot shorter. Um, I had uh, Snorlax on here, also because of the positive vibes. Um, I had Altaria, the no, the Cloud Dragon. Mm, I also yeah. really like. Um, 
I had uh, Talonflame because I uh, played Talonflame a lot in Pokemon Unite and it it was really the first time I interacted with that Pokemon because I skipped the generation. But that was a very good one. Uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, Ludicardo was also on the list. Also because of the... He's just a, a happy guy. Yeah. A happy... Yeah. I'm not really sure what he is. Like a, a frog? No idea. Oh. But he has yeah, a large sombra. <laughs> and he does rain dance, which is like his signature move. <laughs> yeah. He's a fun guy. I had a pretty short list. I mentioned most of the ones that I cut because I kind of had like groupings. Uh... I guess the only one I didn't put on here, uh, maybe Herdier, because I think it's funny. It's just a dog. Again, mm-hmm. in the baffling choices, that's literally just a dog. Like, it's not anything else. It's like, it just looks exactly like a real animal. I don't understand, again, the design of this one. Like, of course, I would love to have that Pokemon because it's a dog. And I have that in real life and I like it. So it's like, yeah, I like him because he's in that baffling line of strange designs of. Um, don't understand why you put this in the game. It's uh, not very original. Uh, and then I got to give a shout out to Zapdos because he was key to my uh, very first time I went through the game and winning. So I uh, got to give him a bit of shout out. Um, yeah, other than that, like I said, my list was really just uh, Trumpish and then four other Pokemon. Was, so I just to fill it out. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um uh, so they, unlike Mark, where it was like he had the forty paired out, I had the one, and I had to go up the five. <laughs> so, uh, and I like I, said, I did mine last, so I had Hisui and Growlithe. I thought was going to be on mine. I thought maybe Gengar would be on mine. I thought Dan had those. I was like, eh, let's let's mix it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> so because those are good too. Uh, and then speaking of Dan, he's already kind of mentioned this a little bit, but I want to do quickly. Uh, last thing we're going to do before we head out. What is your top overall evolutionary line? So you like one through three, all the forms or whatever, however many number there are, it could be two, uh, that you like them all consistently the most. Yeah, so my answer is obviously the EV line. If I have to pick something else, I would actually go for the Dragapult one because you start out with a little lizard, really, the Dreepy, and then suddenly uh, the Dreepy is on top of the... Uh, middle stage evolution head, and then suddenly you have two of them in a cannon attached to a ghost dragon, and yeah, that's amazing that you get the first, uh, first type of the first form appear in all of the artwork of the the later versions. Uh, it's that's that's fun to me. I agree. That was that almost made my top five for for actually that reason because I think it's really cool that uh, it's one of the few ones where it like really interacts with its uh, previous forms. I guess technically like Marowak does, but that's a little dark or Cubone. That's a little dark though. <laughs> um, yeah. so, uh, I mean, you could also give the argument of Diglett and Magnemite. Those lines stick together almost literally. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I, yeah, I like the the Dragapult one. I think that's a pretty cool line. Mark? Uh, yeah, I, I had a hard time with this one because I, I think I like a lot, even the Pokemon that I don't align with, I just kind of, I, I feel like for the most part, while maybe people don't ultimately like some designs of Pokemon, they really do a good job of like, you know, thinking like Sir Fetched, how you evolve him. I really 
outside of the trade evolutions, I really, I think, gravitate towards like the quirky, you know, the high beauty skill or high friendship during the day or whatever. And uh, this is going just off of how you evolve it, not necessarily the design, though it is incorporated. Uh, while I didn't play a lot of Gen, I don't remember, Gen 6, I had to scroll up. Uh, I do remember trying to get this Pokemon and just like once I found out how to do it, really enjoying what they did with it. Uh, it's Inke into Malamar. And Inke uh, is that little like cute squid with like the, I don't know what you call it, but like the brain up top and it reverses when it evolves and it's kind of like inverted. And the way it, you did it is if you evolved it at level 30 while holding your Nintendo DS upside down, um, it would evolve. And I just thought that was a very crazy unique way to uh to to do it i just love when they when they kind of like take those uh chances i think uh with that like you know like the surf fetched is like a very similar one the fact that you had to get like three critical hits you know i, I really enjoy those kind of quirky takes versus just like oh trade it with an item you know sometimes that's not as exciting uh even like sylveon having like a certain move uh when it evolves so yeah for me it's inke and malamar Good one. They continue to do that even on the Switch ones and the and on Go on your phone too. So like, very cool, very unique. And uh, he said, not as hard to pull off as some of the other ones because it's just like once you look it up, because you're like, I don't know how to do this. Once you look it up, it's like, oh, this is like doable and it doesn't require a lot of effort. So yeah, great yep. choice. Um, mine, I'll say I'm gonna go Gen One here, but uh, basically just because of the name, big fan of Abra Kadabra Alakazam. Um. I just think that's incredibly creative localization. I think they did a really good job on the first one too. Like, I think Squirtle's a really good name um, and stuff like that too. But um, Abracadabra Alakazam, obviously named after like the magician phrase because it's a like a magician style Pokemon. It's like it got the the Kadabra's got the spoon. He's bending with his mind. So um, I think just great job from uh, the team in terms of thinking about what would be creative naming. So that's my that's my number one, I think, uh, evolutionary line. So, I think aesthetically, yeah. it also does a good job of. I, I think maybe all the trade Pokemon of Gen One, especially, do a good job of like being sort of tied. Like sometimes they really jump. You know, kind of we talked about um, Rowlet becoming a butler and then just all of a sudden being Robin Hood. I feel like visually, like Abra, the line from Abra to Alakazam. Like it works and it doesn't ever like jump the shark. It doesn't ever get like, whoa, where did that come from? And I think, uh, you know, and, and it's and a pretty, it holds up even even now. I think you could look back. At, I think a lot of people still like Alakazam, even if they didn't grow up with uh, Gen 1. Doesn't hurt that he's also super powerful, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really cool Yeah, he makes line. sense because, like, you know, he's just like this little guy, and then in the next form, he's got like one spoon and the next one he's got like two spoons and he's and he is like mustache grows bigger so becoming like a more wizened <laughs> type of guy so it's like yeah i think uh yeah smart design smart naming Pokemon. yeah <laughs> yeah no it's true uh speaking of the uh favorite ways to evolve a pokemon i just looked up because i knew this was a thing i i didn't play the game where i didn't evolve the pokemon this way but in uh gen six or no gen five you have these two buck type uh pokemon so you have uh shelmet and carablast and if you trade the oh, two yes. of them, one takes the armor from the other becomes steel type and the other 
uh, sheds his skin or something, or does something else with the design of the other. So they are linked, and if you trade them with each other, then they evolve. That's very cool. That's interspecies, yeah, mingling, really. Yeah, that's a cool yeah. use of the trading. I, I I like those a lot too. I I kind of forgot about them. I feel bad. They're they're a cool one. Yep. Uh. Yeah. Escavali was one of my first shinies I ever got, so I've got a soft spot for it. Even though it's like, I think instead of being like red, it's like pink. So it's like I can't really tell the difference if if uh, it's kind of dark or whatever. It's like ah, whatever. Or the screen's too bright. They look it looks washed out. But hey, yeah, very interesting idea to do like a a paired. Pokemon type of thing for the trade. Because the trades, are, as you mentioned, are often kind of boring. It's usually just like, just trade it, or stick an item on it, and then trade it. And that's how you evolve. It's like, okay, is that really that interesting? Uh, not so much, so. I think they've gotten, a, as people have mentioned in this episode, gotten better at cr- creative ways of evolving Pokemon beyond just give it a stone, level it up, or trade it. It's like, oh, do this specific type of trade with another Pokemon, or turn your thing upside down, or all, all this stuff, so, yeah. But, I guess we've kind of reached the end unless anybody has anything they want to add? Uh, no, I think yeah. that was it, on my end. Yeah. I can't think right. of anything. This was, this was fun. Th- thank you, uh, I think, Brad, we got, we got to call out that, you know, you were the impetus of this uh, <laughs> this idea. You know, like, we didn't come to you saying, like, please do a Pokemon. Well, obviously, I think Dan and I would have loved to, you know, not unheard of that we would have asked you, but Thank you for uh, setting this up. I've been looking forward to this uh, since you brought up the idea. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I was thinking about to give some people behind the scenes stuff. So um, for the COTR Presents thing, I was like, I kind of want to have some people who are not always on COTR, but are members of COTR adjacent and talk about some stuff that's maybe not just the card game type of stuff or that's like not just uh, min-maxing, most strategy type of things, you know, some fun stuff. And I was like, uh, what do I want to do with uh, Mark? And I was like, oh, let's do Pokemon. And then I was like, oh, let's do, let's get Dan in here too. Because, uh, you know, um, we talk Pokemon a lot on between us on Twitter and stuff or in the Discord. And I was like, oh, this will be fun. And um, I think a lot of people uh, in the community are at least familiar with or have some affection towards it too. So I think I hopefully, hopefully they'll enjoy it. And um, if they like it a lot, uh, let us know if you want us to come back. We could try to do um, a continuation. I said this was in the beginning, maybe a one-off. If people like it, want us to come back, we can do something like um, a recurring series where maybe we break up. We do like top fives by console or something like that. So, um, or some, I don't know. We'll kick some ideas around if people want us to come back. If they don't, I guess, uh, whatever. We enjoyed ourselves, so who cares, right? <laughs> exactly (laughs) if you didn't enjoy it you clicked away long ago exactly yeah there's no way anybody listened to all of this is getting to the end and being like man i really didn't like this episode (laughs) that that would not make sense so similar to sports ball you turned it off right away if you didn't want to listen to it so exactly um yeah so yeah i guess uh hopefully people who finished at the got all at the end enjoyed this if you want to share top fives with us um go ahead and you can uh send us a message Leave it somewhere, Twitter, Discord, Patreon, whatever. Uh, the email, cardboardtherings at gmail.com. It's all one word. Um, if people want to share what they think. If people want to make fun of our picks, like Trubbish or whatever, too, that's fine. I don't care. So I guess maybe we'll see people in the future. But in the meantime, 
everybody strive to be the very best. Them is my real test.